0: In some ways, reality television has even evolved as we kind of see the social media uh, reality stars like invading today today's uh, today's platforms. You know, I think about you know Logan Paul and like say what you want about the guy, but he's a great reality TV star. You know. <laughs> Hello, my name is David Shire, and this is how it is going so far. The number one reality TV podcast in the world. Don't look it up. Don't even bother looking up like other reality TV podcasts like Rob has a podcast or just anything. Survivor Historians, also pretty good reality TV podcast. Okay, so there's a lot of really good reality TV podcasts, and there's no way that this is the number one reality TV podcast in the world. But hey, for this podcast, we're just going to pretend that it is, okay? We're going to keep it a little secret between you and the listener and me, the person giving out the podcast, just to inflate my ego a little bit. But this week on this show, we are going to be talking about reality TV, uh, kind of my weird history with reality television, and and the process of me learning how to kind of a pr- learn. It's me learning how I learned to love reality television, because for the longest time, I thought all of reality television was just complete garbage, and I wanted to enjoy it as garbage but as i kind of watched and as i kind of learned a little bit more about reality television i do think it's actually a very significant form of t- television that is go- that is currently airing on Amer- in america like I-, I just think it's a very important important subgenre that we have in American society. And how it kind of became that is just so weird and interesting. And as I was kind of writing for this episode, and kind of reflecting back on my own experiences with reality TV, I thought that I would share my thoughts with you. And so that's what I'm doing today. So why do I want to talk specifically about reality television? Well, I've always been... I've always been like an off and on again fan of reality television. Every once in a while, I would look on Fox or ABC, and I would see a really, really awful reality show just being promoted, and I would just be so fascinated with the prospects of just seeing that show. Right? Uh, some examples. One that wasn't so terrible was this one reality show called Who Done It, which is about a, it was like this game show where a bunch of guests like show up and every every week they pretend that a murder happens and you have to figure out who, who the killer is and uh, had a really great host named Giles. I've seen a lot of videos covering that recently on YouTube. Uh, one that I would recommend is uh, one done by Scott Kramer where he actually recreates the show and it was just like this very fun kind of cheesy show. Uh, the one that I remember the most being promoted was this show called Somebody Marry Harry and this was before Harry... Prince of Wales was married and the premise of the show was that it was basically The Bachelor except that in the show they had 16 or so American women come on the show and they would pretend that this guy who kind of looked like Prince Harry had a British accent and they gave him all this like extravagant stuff to make him look more like Prince Harry. Uh, be on the show and these girls were competing for his love. But the problem was, is that secretly (gasps) this guy's name was like Chuck or something. I can't remember off the top of my head and I'm feeling too lazy to go look it up. But (laughs) let's say that this guy Chuck wasn't actually Harry. He was just some random British dude that a producer found on the streets of Wales and they decided that they were going to gaslight these 16 poor women. And it was a very fun show to watch as a teenager who had no idea what reality TV was. And Apparently, the show's production, they would like, they would like, um, they would actually like kind of, it was really messed up, like looking back on it, is that they would like lock up the women in like hotel rooms. They would have producers whisper being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that Prince Harry is doing something this crazy. And like, I know, right? And it was just total mental manipulation, but it was the kind of thing that when you see it being promoted on Fox on a Friday night or whatever, you're just like, oh my gosh, I have to at least watch the first episode of the show. Like there's something about hot fire and me being like the human embodiment of a moth, where it's just like I see that flame, I see the dump truck being lit on fire, and there is nothing I can do. I just I get absorbed into it. All right, and then when I was fourteen years old, I used to watch. Um, I think that was when I first started watching Big Brother. Actually, I was probably a bit older than that because. For me no, I mean no. I was 14. I started watching Big Brother. Started with Big Brother 16, and that's when I got kind of introduced to these reality competition shows. And that's where, where I remember seeing the first season, the first well, the 16th season of that show. And I still remember so many big moments in that in that season. Uh, there was a guy named Devin who was just completely out of his mind, who formed an alliance with. I believe like the entire house and then the house ended up hating him so much that he got voted out a couple weeks later. I remember Joey and how in a desperate ploy, they dressed up in drag and, um, and it was just like, it was very, it was very bizarre. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Like it was a bizarre tactic. I don't like, that's what, was, that's what really was interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, so, going back into talking about reality TV, let's like—that's kind of my personal history with reality television. Let's go ahead and let's talk about kind of the start of reality television, or like the start of reality television that I, as I see it, as I've been kind of doing this like speculative, like let's say, speculative research about about reality TV and kind of this weird rabbit hole that I've been going into these last couple of weeks. So let's get started. So to first start talking about reality television, I think that you kind of have to look at the news as the first sort of reality television. And the news has been around, you know, forever, ever since that uh, radio started. But reality television really started back in, I believe, 1948 when CBS, a network that we still know and love today, uh, started airing 15-minute newsreels about what was going on in the world around the world. And Due to popularity, due to its popularity, other companies, global conglomerates, did what all global conglomerates do. Uh, they see something making money, and they're like, "Hey, that's making money. Let's just do that thing." So then, of course, ABC started jumping on its uh, on the train with its own set of newsreels, and then soon, soon to follow would be NBC jumping on the train to follow its own newsreels, and eventually, all these companies made a lot of money, and then they became major corporations that now control and. Uh, and then somewhere along the line, they got controlled by lizard people, and now we're working for uh, lizard overlords. You heard it here first, folks, from How It's Going So Far, a totally random podcast in your feed. Uh, but anyway, joking aside, uh, it seemed that America, that the news was a hit. It was a hit TV show. And uh, and that's kind of how this whole reality thing, reality, uh, that's where I would argue that this foundations of uh, pitching reality shows kind of started. And then other reality shows that were kind of reality TV landmarks, I would say would be on September 7th, 1979, ESPN was a 24-7 news well, network dedicated to telling the story of sports and having different sports interviews, uh, having a collection of sports clips constantly playing 24-7. And if you don't think sports is basically just reality television, uh, I would highly recommend checking out Formula One Drive to Survive. That is peak to me. To me, that is such a that is such an interesting breakdown on sports uh, and reality TV, and seeing kind of the politics going on behind the scenes of a sport. And that's good. And when I think when I think about that show, and I think about what I've seen in sports over the last. Uh, ever, well, ever since I was a kid. it really re- They have done a really good job of turning sports into more of a human story, which reality television always kind of strives for. And so, I believe the birth of ESPN was a very important thing. And because of the birth of ESPN, we also have to look at the uh, what happened what happened on September 26 1994 with the O J Simpson trial it, it was a true crime masterpiece right way before way before that one other podcast who we won't mention the name of because one, uh, it is way more popular than my podcast and it doesn't need any uh, more introduction. And two, because currently I've forgotten the name of it, but you know which one I'm talking about. It's the one that has that little little jingle uh, that starts where it's like, do, 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 do. You'll know what it is, uh, but uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. And I'm not even gonna edit this out. I probably should edit this out as probably should look at, uh, (laughs) look at... Look at my screen and do a clickety-clack and then just pretend I know it. But obviously, I won't do that because I'm not a, a horrible uh, podcast host. Of course, I'm talking about the show Serial, which I just now remembered off the top of my head. And I didn't do like any weird editing tricks or anything like that. And so... I mean, if you don't know anything about the uh, trial of the O.J. Simpson uh, case, uh, there's a lot of footage of it, apparently, and uh, it had a really long serialization run. It ran for about a week, and it had a very shocking... Actually, no, it looks like it ran for about a month, and it had a shocking conclusion where in October 3rd, 1995, a guy that everybody thought killed his wife pretty much got acquitted in front of... 150 million viewers, which is a staggering amount of people. Apparently, uh, at the time, that was considered 57% of the entire country. And the trial was so successful that it spinned off a couple of key shows that are still running today, uh, specifically Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> while while the, And honestly, that was one of the most successful things that... That ever that ever aired on television was the trial of O.J. Simpson, and it was a very low production value. Uh, they were just kind of filming filming in newsrooms, and for a while it seemed like, I think what it did was it proved to news networks that you didn't have to really write a good drama, you didn't have to pay a bunch of writers, you didn't have to create these like elaborate sets in order to create good television, right? And not saying that what happened in the O.J. case was necessarily good. Uh, obviously, it was very exploitative for its time still and thinking about it later. Uh, it it did, it did have a big impact on the history of reality television and kind of gave birth to Survivor in the real world. Now, we're not going to really touch on the real world too much because I don't really have that much experience with the real world. I'd have to go back and rewatch uh, the original seasons of the real world. And that's just not something I'm super interested in doing. But maybe one day I will. But let's talk about let's talk about my, my new favorite reality show, the show that I binged 25 seasons of during COVID. Let's talk about Survivor and the rise of reality TV. All right, so the first episode of Survivor aired on May 31st, 2000, to the viewership of 15 million people. Over time, the viewership would grow until the final se- until the f- season finale, where 51.7 million viewers tuned in to watch Richard Hatch win $1 million over beloved fan favorite Rudy and arguably a better survivalist in Kelly Wigglesworth. Now, this was a monumental number for a lot of reasons. First off, today it it would be pretty much impossible (laughs) to get a viewership around 51 uh, 51 uh, million viewers uh, because of the, just the way that TV works, the fact that there is streaming, the fact that people will watch episodes sometimes the day after the actual airing of the episode. And to give a sense, like the only time that there's ever 51 million people watching a show at the same exact time is really during like the Super Bowl. And even, and so that, so that being said, Survivor in its first season was a completely untested show, uh, had no ground base. It Uh, ground base, and it was still able to pull in numbers equivalent to the Super Bowl and equivalent to season finales of other TV shows, such as Friends, such as uh, The Office, and and other long-standing shows. It was able to get that amount of viewership in one season. And... The episode itself was super iconic, uh, from Sue Hawk's famous uh, snakes and rats speech to the final immunity challenge where Richard decides that it's his best move to throw an immunity challenge and because he knows that he, he can't win unless somebody takes him, which is just so bizarre and so interesting. And and just the fact that Richard winning was, was monumental, too. I mean, he was the villain of the show. He was the guy that created the alliance. Well, he helped facilitate uh, the uh, the idea of alliances on reality competition shows. He took his alliance, who are kind of a group of unlikable people, and ended up breaking the show, essentially, quote-unquote, and voting out all the younger and more uh, fun Pagong tribe, creating the term Pagonging. And all of, this, all of this laid the groundswell of reality television, and it became one of the most popular things in the world. Each Survivor contestant uh, that... From season one and two, went on to become major celebrities. They ended up, they ended up making a bunch of money just by guest appearances. So people would pay to go to like conferences that they were attending, and they would get paid a lot of money. Like Sue Hawk was the first, uh, mentioning Sue Hawk. Uh, there's been stories out there that I've heard where Sue Hawk ended up making so much money that she ended up own, owning her own juice, uh, uh, juice chains, uh, <laughs> juice chain for. Uh, for a significant amount of time, right, and ended up making some money doing that, which is like the most two thousands thing, like a reality TV star uh, buying a uh, <laughs> like a Jamba Juice chain, like it's just so weird and so interesting, and so, and so we also get kind of the birth of another famous reality show, again from CBS, with the premiere of Big Brother, which premiered uh, July fifth, two thousand, and honestly, Big Brother, its first season. Have not watched. I watched maybe the first episode, uh, just a bit of it, but it was just really, really boring. Uh, It didn't really introduce any game elements. It was just kind of a bunch of people sitting in a house. But after the airing of Big Brother, after the sorry, after the airing of Survivor, Big Brother revamped the show and introduced the element of HOH. It introduced the element of evictions and having. Uh, The people on the cast vote out people instead of uh, the people uh, on the streets, uh, as Jeff would call them, uh, voting off, doing like America votes to vote off people. And it kept the show more interesting because what was happening was that uh, people would vote off all the interesting like villainous characters and uh, on the first season and then on the second season we had another important reality tv winner in will kirby who again used very much manipulative villainous actions to uh to win his season of the show which i deeply i deeply love watching uh watching highlight clips of will kirby and his game this was the height of uh, reality television, right? Uh, the next thing that came comes to mind is September 5th, 2001. The Amazing Race premiered, which also did uh, record uh, numbers. Uh, the Bachelor was premiering on ABC a couple, of, a couple of years later. And it really was kind of the ground... Like the early 2000s was really the groundswell of all these different reality TV shows. And the popularity was just so immense. And it just... And it just kind of keeps on going, right? Reality television isn't that much hard to produce, right? All you need—well, uh, Survivor probably a little bit more, but for Big Brother especially, uh, all you need is a house full of cameras and a couple of interesting contestants, and there you go. Bada bing, bada boom—you got a TV show. <laughs> and and uh, all of this, though, as high as high as it went for reality TV stars, all of this came. Uh, all of this kind of came sharply crashing down because of a specific event that happened in America, and that was September 11th, 2001, when the Twin Towers, when not when 9/11 happened. Uh, the for 72 hours, America, America were tuning out of these escapist reality TV shows, and the only th- or just anything out of any TV shows, and for 72 hours, the only thing that was airing on American television was was news concerning the attacks on the Twin Towers attacks in Pennsylvania, uh attacks at the pe- at the Pentagon. That's all that was airing on television. And after 9/11 it is, it is very much considered like a very steep drop off of the of the reality TV star. Just the idea that you can become a "quote unquote celebrity because you start on a reality TV show just completely dissipated. Um what's what's really interesting about about it is that there still is a lot of formations of reality television I mean what uh, September 11th actually happened uh, while Big Brother 2 was airing and there's a lot of discourse on whether or not that was morally okay because basically you had people who are living in the Big Brother house isolated from the world and then maybe the most important event in American history especially uh Happens, and now you have and now you have a house full of people who don't know what's going on, and is it even okay for them to be competing for this money. There was a lot of actually conversations about it. Politics picked it up, and different politicians were kind of trying to use it for different things. Uh, American, uh, the first season of Amazing Race was just you know hit pretty poor, poorly in the uh, in the ratings when it first started out because of this. And again, there's there's many. Like again, the idea of this—the reality TV star, celebrity—kind of dissipated. Uh, there's a quote from 2002 uh, from a professor. Uh, I think his name is Diggins. It said the whole reality thing, TV thing, was sparked by the desire of the average people to become celebrities overnight. Author Pierre Lance commented to the Saint Petersburg time. But why watch middle-class Americans retching over eating bugs while people are dying in the streets of New York? What happened after after September 11th was was basically it kind of was a wake up call. Like why are we why are we kind of uh, celebrating these people who are kind of awful to each other, and why are we kind of celebrating this kind of more trashy side of television, right? And we are more focused on what was going on, kind of kind of let's see. Because, again, it was harder for Americans to kind of focus on this idea of becoming famous through reality television when there was just more important things going on overseas. All right. But that being said, reality television didn't die that day. Uh, Survivors season two had uh, pretty good, well, pretty great ratings at the time. I think its second season still premiered to a audience of about 30 million. And we are now kind of considered in this golden age of reality television. Uh, Reality television has kind of made a really big comeback on platforms, uh, streaming platforms specifically, uh, like Netflix. Uh, Recently, they've been coming out with a pretty great reality show called The Circle, which is a reality show that kind of takes place, that kind of takes advantage of this weird apocalyptic COVID time by having the contestants... Uh, basically, kind of in a Big Brother house, but the only but the twist is the only way that they can communicate is through this social media called the Circle, and they're and that and they end up using strategies to kind of gain popularity within the system, right? Uh, which is uh, sounds kind of silly and sounds kind of weird, but it's actually kind of great. And there's they have like a really fun catfish mechanic uh, to it, where some contestants will use different people uh, as their profile pictures. And it just becomes like this really fun, really unfair, honestly, show (laughs) where contestants get constantly screwed over, but you know, it's great. It's, it's great fun television. Uh, uh, survivor has been getting some love recently as the stream, as, uh, as more and more seasons have gone to streaming. Uh, and it's been very fun to kind of go back and rewatch some of the older seasons of survivor, uh, that I've never had the opportunity to watch, uh, Even if I wanted to at the time, and seeing kind of this evolution, like you almost get like this weird like time capsule of what America was like uh, during the airing of Survivor, with like certain characters being like uh, even like allowed on television, like Rudy, for example, I don't think would work on today's networks, but at the time he worked great, and he was a very fun and kind of uh, kind of ratchety old man uh, that had very much like more Republican beliefs, right, and so. It's kind of it was interesting to kind of see that, and because it's more widely available, and because Netflix again is bringing over some seasons of Survivor, uh, Survivor actually has been gaining more and more fans. And it recently just aired its 40th season, which brought back, a, which is like an all winner season, and that had pretty good. It had pretty good reviews, and uh, the season that, I, that is currently airing, Survivor 41, is still doing relatively well, uh, considering the fact that it is a show that has been on for, gosh, like. 21 years so and reality tv has just ironically during this time of covid has been just really great escapism in this trying time it's no longer it is no longer it's no longer confined to like really showing what reality is like like back when it was when back when its conception with the news and with uh and with sports and drama, it, it really has been kind of used more as like, let's watch these people kind of do something that we've never seen before and kind of imagine ourselves doing it. So, so as far as like what I've kind of experienced with reality television and kind of my journey with this weird, this weird phenomenon of reality, reality television as I've been looking into it. Uh, I don't really believe reality TV is going anywhere. Like, it will always be really cheap to make. And I think people will always be fascinated in the idea of somebody who is unknown becoming someone famous. And I think in some ways, reality television has even evolved as we kind of see the social media uh, reality stars, like, invading today today's uh, today's platforms, you know. I think about, you know, Logan Paul and, like, say what you want about the guy, but he's a great reality TV star, you know? Uh, I think about, you know, all these different famous YouTubers. I think about the TikTokers that have recently have recently come in, and it's just kind of become this weird, different uh, evolution of the show, uh, of the show that we call uh, life, right? And so... I still hate watch. Uh, I still hate watch a lot of reality TV shows. I hate watch Big Brother specifically. I think that the show has kind of had some problems in its last couple of seasons of contestants just taking uh, advantage of the platform, and just completely uh, one side of the house just completely wrecking the other side of the house through through alliances. But it is kind of it's. I still watch it, and it still has. It's very fun and interesting moments. Uh, Survivor is a show. And it, yeah, Big Brother is a show that I have actually sent audition tapes to in the past, just because I think I'd be pretty awesome at it and give great confessionals. Because I would be, I would be the guy who is always making fun of all the other contestants for being super dumb, but then uh, I would probably be doing something equally dumb because I think I'm just smarter than everybody else. And I think that would be a fun character to be on the TV show uh, Survivor. I just, I love. I love Survivor. It's been, uh, the season so far uh, that I've been watching has been pretty great right now. And, uh, and we all seem to, like, despite the fact that uh, it's, that, that uh, the OJ trial ended so long ago, keeping up with the Kardashians still seems to be going on pretty strong. So good for them. Uh, Actually, uh, Kim recently hosted SNL and she did a pretty good job. I'll give, I'll give her, I'll give credit where credit is due. I I found her to be very fun on that, uh, on that uh, show. But, Anyway, relating back to a story uh, about me, I guess uh, the closest the closest I've ever actually come to being cast on a reality show was um, was this YouTube reality show called Sequester. I remember uh, Sequester is basically kind of a mix of uh, Big Brother and Survivor in the sense that every you have like sixteen contestants, and then every single voting round, somebody will get voted out. But every time the vote is different. So you'll have one round where maybe half the people are safe and half are not. And the way it's determined is like everyone, uh, maybe the first person is granted safety, but then they have to give out, uh, they have to give out, like these uh, sweatshirts that are red, that signify that that person can be voted out. Then the person in the red sweatshirt then gives out a green sweatshirt that says, okay, this person is safe. And the chain kind of continues until half of them are safe and half of them are not. And then the next round, maybe something's completely different is going on. Uh, and maybe uh, maybe there's like a chain of people. There's like the safety chain and everybody, everybody is given safety, but... Uh, if you're the last person who is not given safety, then you're just you're not. There's not even a vote. You're just out of the game, which is which created all these different weird and interesting variations. And so I thought it would be really fun to kind of join a game that would be full of chaos. So I applied to the show. Uh, I sent in an interview, and. Uh, weirdly enough, I got a rep- uh, I got a reply months later that said that the show was canceled. Uh, but if they wanted to, uh, if the creator uh, whose name was Aubrey, who uh, played in Big Brother Seventeen, uh, said like, "Hey, like if you sent in if you sent in a um, a video, uh, you can go ahead and just send it to me, and I'll just tell you what I think. Uh, hopefully, we'll do the show in the future. But if not, uh, uh, that's totally." Uh, um, yeah, hopefully we'll do the show in the future, uh, but for now, like if you send me your videos, I can tell you what I think about them and if there's anything that I would maybe improve upon uh, for them. So I sent my video uh, out to Aubrey and uh, she replied back and she said, you know, I really liked your video. I think that you have a great voice for podcasting, which I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so so I think in a weird way that kind of internalized and she she said that, you know, like, honestly, like, I'll, we'll give you a call back if we ever uh, if we ever decide to do the show again. And I hope, I hope they do, because I actually really like that show. Uh, I thought that last season, uh, there was a character uh, named Jacob Jones, who I just, I love, I love, love, love Jacob Jones. Uh, I wish that he becomes another, I uh, hope he gets on another reality TV show, because I just love uh, his gameplay. Uh, but... But yeah, so that's kind of that's closest I've ever come uh, to being on a reality TV show. And if I if uh, Sequester ever comes back and I go missing for a couple of months, I mean now you know why. (laughs) So anyway, uh, that's it. Uh, That's it so far, kind of for the reality TV recap. I hope that you uh, learned something kind of interesting about reality television and kind of its history in America and how it's kind of grown and like weirdly evolved uh, during this uh, time. Uh, if you want to, if you want to continue following the show, uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at David Shire 22, or honestly, you can also follow me on Instagram with the same handle. And I mostly post on Instagram, uh, maybe some like current runs or stuff that I'm going on. Uh, I don't, and, uh, some occasional posts on my story about, uh, the show and when the episodes are airing. Uh, next thing, uh, Next thing I really need to work on with this podcast is that hopefully by the time this is done, uh, you would have heard the uh, awesome intro song that I got uh, posted. So next thing I need to work on is getting a sponsor so I can really wrap up the show in a fun way. Maybe I'll reach out to G Fuel, I don't know. Like I feel like I can uh, pump that up. Maybe I'd uh, maybe on my next one we'll just do a, like a G Fuel wrap where I, I just chug a bunch of G Fuel and get all that energy in my systems and then just keep on going like nothing else. Uh, but that would be, that'd be another good way to, uh, to wrap up the show. Or I could just stick with my regular uh, wrap, uh, wrap up of the show and just tell you that once again, hello, my name is David Shire and that's how it's been going so far.